Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. I'm joined by Rich Leitz, who's our Chief Strategy Officer at Merkel Amelia, and who I've had the pleasure of co-writing our book, Shift. Our book, Shift, talks about transforming motion into progress in business. It's going to be released on the 27th of January, 2022, and we wanted to give a bit of an introduction on, on what the book's about and what it contains. It's been a long process you know, since we started the book, Rich. I mean, last August, we first had the idea... And then we, we had the conversation with our publishers, Wiley, and it sort of moved at, at a quick pace since then, but it's felt like it's gone quickly, but it's been a long period. How, how have you felt through the whole thing? It's gone quickly. There were many long nights and a lot of effort to get all the content. But I, I think the biggest and most interesting challenge for me is, has been trying to synthesize all of the ideas and, and concepts and experiences and between both of us you know, through a, a lens that would be easily interpretable and understood and get that down on. 280 pages. That's yeah. been... It's amazing that we got to 280 because I remember when we, we first started, we were wondering whether we were going to even hit 120 or 150. Yeah. Um, are we going to have enough content in these chapters as we went through? So it was amazing to see it sort of come out and, and come to you know the, the shape that it did. Yeah, and, and I think if you consider, we've made the point in the book that this is not a how-to. We've said this is a, an exploration of ideas and principles that organizations can consider in order to turn motion into progress. But if you think that, you know, there are eight chapters in the book and any one subset of one of those chapters, like an adaptive organization, you know, there are a multitude of books written just on that topic. So much as I think I know we originally thought would we get to you know, 200, the 280 pages just absolutely scratches the surface of the content that it potentially covers. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've read so many different books through this time as well, which is so interesting. There's been a lot of influence in our style as people, but also you know the things that we've read, the things that we enjoy, the things that have influenced our careers and everything else as well. So I think it's you sort of come together in that, as you say, that in a way that starts to communicate the things that are important for organizations, which is interesting. But we, we started to talk about the book, so it might be worthwhile. Do you mind giving a quick intro to the book and then letting the, the listeners know what it's about. The, the opening kind of statement in the book, I think, describes what it's about, which is rocking horses don't belong in boardrooms. And it's taken from that statement that says, don't confuse motion for progress because a rocking horse moves all day but goes nowhere. And I think in our collective careers, and especially in the space we're in, which is customer experience management, we see so much investment and activity in motion that doesn't translate into impact-creating kind of forward-leading progress that we thought we'd write a book about it. But th that is, in, in essence, what, what the book is about, is how do, you, how do you break out of the trap? How do you not get stuck in that loop, that cycle of laying the foundation, of getting ready, of preparing, of buying technology, of buying data, of cleaning data, of building segmentation models, of you know, over-inspecting customer journeys? How do you make sure that that investment comes together and turns into progress? You know, that African proverb, which we've quoted in the book, if you want to travel fast, travel alone. If you want to travel far, travel together. What we see is organizations needing 
to embrace speed, needing to, particularly in the competitive industry we're in now, they have to go fast. And so they tackle individual silos. They do things quickly, but one plus one plus one quite often doesn't equal three. And, and that's really, you know, through eight chapters, that's what the book covers. How do you yeah. avoid that trap? How do you make sure that motion is important, but direction and progress is the goal? So how do you make sure that motion is well-directed and translates into progress? Yeah, and... and- you know, some of the things that you referenced just now sort of set the tone of the book quite nicely because for, for people who don't know us, that we, we obviously worked together for a few years now and it's, we've both got quite a storytelling sort of approach. We've read lots of books that were very similar, Switch from the Ryan Brothers, Loon Shots by Safi Bacall, which have a similar style to what we're trying to get to. And I think it nicely frames up how we've approached the book because the whole book is, is obviously, as you know, underpinned by a Formula One analogy where we've got the three principles of what we focus the book around. So we've got the principal itself, which is the leader or leadership within the business, not necessarily an individual, but leadership across the organization and thinking about how they define purpose across that organization. Then we've got the crew, which is thinking about once we've got that purpose in place, how do we align our people and the team around that purpose, enabling autonomy, empowering our people within the business to be able to to do what they need to. And obviously, finally, we've got the season, which represents, I guess, the internal and external business environment. There are some things that you just can't control. There are others that you can, but how do you start to manage those situations and what do you need to do to be able to do that and the things that you need to consider? What sort of stood out for you across the, because we've got a number of different chapters that's underpin or underpinned by these principles. What stands out for you? The whole Formula One story, you know, we, you and I discussed at length, you know, we started with a, with a formula and, and, and then we, as a way of framing the story, and then we ended up with, we, we agreed we needed some framework to root the content, so much content to kind of make it make sense. And I think what's really struck me is as we've, as we've gotten deeper into Formula One, I mean, we like Formula One, we watch Formula One, but I think there are so many lessons actually that business can take from Formula One and how Formula One teams are run. And, and I think although we used it as almost the mesh to, to hang the content around, as we did that, it became more and more apparent, really, that the learnings in Formula One, I think particularly about strategy, for example, what's come out is many of our clients view strategy as something, you know, often they don't need. They need the technology. They're not, you know, the strategy is not that important. Or if they do need strategy, they buy the strategy up front and then the technology becomes the thing you deploy. Whereas if you think about Formula One, the strategist is sitting right at the front of every single race on every single lap and he's making the call in real time as to, when they stop and, and when they pit. And strategy is the thing that changes the game. Strategy is the differentiator between success and failure. So I think what's become evident for me is that Formula One analogy that we've used to hang the chapters on is a really powerful lesson that businesses can can, can take from. I, think. I, I completely agree. And I wasn't a bigger follower as you are in Formula One before we started this book, but I got really into it as we were going through because it was a learning process for me and seeing that the similarities was key. So on your suggestion, I watched Drive to Survive on Netflix. And it it was great to follow all the way. And it gave me as a novice Formula One that that understanding as well, which which is really useful and starting to think about the principles that apply and I think, you know, I seeing those principles start to come through are, are really key in the way that we tell the, the points that we're trying to make. Yeah, the way the chapters have now hung to that framework, I, I think is really nice. You know, the three chapters we've pinned to the principle, as, which as you've described, is about defining the goal and the ambition and the, the role of the leader. You know, we, we've got 
the peppered moth, which I, which I think is about adapt or die, which I think is, frames the whole, I think the whole book. If you get stuck in motion, there will be no progress. So, you know, adapt or, or make no progress. I, I think the chicken KPI, which is about measurement, for me, the fact that we've led right at the top with measurement, you get what you measure. And so I think the book is preceded with, if you get the right measures and you deliver them, you will be successful. And then I think the, the Queen's Gambit, which is about priority, because I think those two things are so tightly linked measures and priorities. You can measure everything, but it's not possible to, or it's theoretically possible to do everything, but not practically deliverable. So, so I think putting those under the principle normally is a, you know, you think about direction and goals, but you look at the breadth of adaptation, measurement and priority. There's so much content just in that first section. I, I think it's a really, it's given us a very nice framework. Yeah. And I think if you're listening to this as well, just thinking about the, the things that you mentioned, the, the whole principle around the Peppered Moth and becoming an adaptive organization and how measurement drives behaviors through the organization and the priorities, the problems that, that I imagine most of our listeners have, have come across day in, day out, maybe sometimes to the point where we think, well, it's, it's almost day to day. But you know, I'm hoping that we've gone to the point where we start to challenge the way that people think in the way that they start to approach these things and start to, to help manage some of these challenges in a slightly different way. I think that's what we're really trying to get out of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly right because the content is so, so broad. There is so much, as we said, you can write an entire, there are many books on measurement. There are many books on prioritization. There are many books on adaptability. We just try to pick up those key principles and list them. And I think also, if you look at, did, did you have a favorite section in terms of kind of these three areas? Favorite's a tough one because there are there specific chapters that really sort of stand out to me. I did really like part two, which is the, the crew. And just thinking about, obviously, there's two components around it. One of it is just thinking about, well, one of the chapters is called Make Every Shot Count. And it's really thinking about the, the whole principle that we talked about was ready, aim, fire versus ready, fire, aim. There are different ways that businesses manage I think the way they execute their different programs of work or whatever it might be. And the traditional way is obviously ready, aim, fire. And we're trying to challenge that. I think, well, sometimes you need to look at your competitors, then take your shot. Sometimes you need to just actually take the shot and learn from it. So I love the principle that sits behind it and the, the way that you think about even things that simply like benchmarking or whatever else. But also combined with the fact that we've got the fifth chapter is row the boat in time and the alignment of our teams and people is a huge thing for, well, for both of us as well. But even our organization is, is really important. So getting people aligned to that purpose, making them feel that belonging, but also giving the autonomy and empowerment to be able to do things that they need to, because you can't control the entire organization. Yeah. You can't micromanage it. So how do you make sure you put the right guardrails in place? For me, it stood out. How about, how about you? Much the same. And, and for similar reasons, going back to the Formula One analogy, what I also liked about the crew is the breadth of the role that the crew plays. If you think about Formula One, You've got the pit crew, you've got the driver, you've got the mechanics, you've got the people driving sponsorship, you've got the team that's logistically organizing all of the equipment getting from one point to the other. That entire crew is important in that car getting over the line first. And quite often in businesses that are so siloed, I think this brings right to the front the fact that there are no silos here. The, everybody in the crew in a Formula One race is aligned to getting that car across the line first or in the desired position. And so I think when you look at making every shot count, and particularly your point about rowing the bony time, in the context of how Formula One does it, I think it really shows how organizations need to think better around everybody's role. This isn't just the driver or just the car or just the mechanics, or it's everybody playing their role, everybody making every shot count. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the whole thinking behind that and the, you know everything ladders up to, to making things point to the top of the mountain, so to speak. But then, and then I think that the kind of wrapping it up, I think the season, the message in the season, 
know, that it's, yes, every race counts, but there are multiple races in the season. And then there's just this season. You don't do well this season. You don't get sponsorship for next season. And so the fact that this is a never-ending race, and today more than ever, it's a never-ending race. I, I think that framing these next three chapters was equally important. I don't know whether any of those stood out for you or... Yeah, I think the... I'm going, to go, I'm going to skip here and go straight to the last chapter. I love the last chapter being around going for the Albatross. Yeah. Um, partly the, the addiction I've got to golf at the moment, but also the, the fact that the foundations that are required within the business and building those skills and not trying to get ahead of yourself and taking shortcuts, I think it's key. But we know that if you're playing golf, and for those that, uh, that, that don't play golf, when you're trying to get to the hole, you obviously follow a certain route and you have to get there by a certain number of shots. The Albatross is getting you to cut that corner, but you can't go for the Albatross without having the core yeah. skills. So I, if I went on a golf course and I hit that, I'd be in the rough and I wouldn't be able to get out and I'd be in all sorts of trouble. Whereas obviously, you know, Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy wouldn't have the same issue. They'd, you know, they've got the skills to get them out of that trouble, even if it does go wrong. So they can afford to take a few more risks. And I think business applies in the same way. So that one for me works really well because it just thinks about the decision that you can take to, to do things better. Yeah. And what was your favorite one in the last? Well, I love to go for the Albatross for that very reason, because it says if you've invested... And you've laid the foundation, you earned the right to go, you know, to, to, to take the call. But what I actually like is that it will rain in your parade. It's the reality that things will go wrong. The best laid plans will go wrong. And forget who said um, there's no such thing as failure, only an undesirable outcome. And it was Tony Robbins. But that's exactly the point. There will be undesirable outcomes. And I love the fact that it's factored in, that it's a, a hurdle in the road. You need to be ready for it. And again, if you've laid the foundations correctly, you just course correct and you take a different route. Yeah. So the whole of the end, I think the end season for me is really important and even turn headwinds into tailwinds, you know, turn negative into positives. I, I, I think it's a strong end and I've enjoyed them all, but I, I'm going for the albatross. I'm yeah. No, I, and just on your point on it'll rain on your parade, I think there's a, there's a real pragmatism about that, which I think represents business as a whole and even the generations that are coming through. There's a level of pragmatism in business now, which I think is continuously evolving, which I think is a really mature way to look at business and, yeah. and not think about failure, but thinking about, yeah, that undesirable outcome, as you said. I guess what I really hope is that, because, you know, we've told a lot of our own personal stories. We've used a lot of quotes, quotes that assisted us in making the points we want to make. We've got lots of business people who've shared, you know, who've shared their thoughts and experiences and ideas and views with us in the book. I, I hope that the readers will get insights from the way we've brought the stories to life because we've opted not to go deep and technical, you know, we've opted not to write four-page case studies about PLs, and we've told them in one-paragraph analogies. But I'm, I'm hoping that the reader will take from those analogies and from those quotes the and lessons is a strong word, but the the learnings that we've experienced and we've seen and that we've threaded across those three chapters. Yeah, I'll be happy, and I'm sure you're the same. If if people enjoy reading the book, they get something out of it, and it relates to them. I think that's a real win. It's so something they can really take away and just think, oh, I can apply that in in my day to day role. Whether that's you know them being a CEO, or that's being a, a marketing manager, whatever it is, we're hoping that it you know we can support all the way through. Yeah, I agree. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book shift is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motionintoprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.